Welcome down to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf. It's been a couple of weeks. It's been a busy couple of weeks for Ryder Cups, Solheim Cups, new job for myself. So that's all the excuses out of the way. Paddy Talks Golf is powered by four golf custom. Those beautiful people based in Cleancastle, Derek, Don, Jill, building better golfers day every every single day. Uh, I think there are ours are Tuesday to Saturday. Head over to www.4golf.e forward slash booking to get your tour level custom fitting experience today. Something we might dive into next time we have Mr. Murray on the on the phone, or maybe in the sitting room, or maybe we might tip over to the workshop someday, is what is the meaning of zero tolerance? Because if you watched other podcasts, and I mean watches in Rick Shields is one, he does dive into something I've known with a couple of years, which is really surprising when it comes to custom fitting, and is the number one reason I go to Four Golf Custom. That and the hospitality and the coffee is pretty good over there as well. And we're talking tolerances. So just Google, I don't know, OEM tolerance on golf manufacturing and you might learn a thing or two. But that's a, hopefully a nice treat into hopefully a podcast we can put together soon. Maybe the turn of the new year. This week, though, we have, we're not on video this week because the platform effed up. Um, I think it was the Donegal Wi-Fi. I'm going to blame the Donegal Wi-Fi on this week's guest. This week's guest is Rasa Penes and Maynutz Ryan Griffin. Uh, he's definitely my uh, dark horse in the majors next year in 2024. If you listen to this conversation, maybe you'll learn why. Uh, man going far. Got to the quarterfinal of the South this year, amongst many other tournaments. It's Ryan Griffin, everyone. Roll it there, Kalesh. Listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Brawley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Brawley, what do you think of that? Donald Donovan is the last quarterback. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. It's all on this. Ryan Griffin, are you ready to tee it up? Absolutely. Ready as ever. I've started kind of doing a bit of preparation for these things. So praise be the Lord that you were one of the few that I actually did a prep, bit, a bit of prep for, right? Um, you and Mark Murphy, the only two, the, the most recent two, took 155 episodes of me to do a bit of research. <laughs> <laughs> we're the stars, Fanny, we're the stars. <laughs> um... I asked a few folks uh, that might, that I thought might know you, and you've uh, you've an impeccable, good as gold persona built up. So fair play, because none of them were giving me any tips, <laughs> right? But I'm I'm sure there's a few dark stories from the back corners of Brady's or or the roost or something, right? Um, I, I where were them, but I've never actually heard them. Main Street, main out. That that's a good answer, though. That's a good answer. You're all, you're all, You're not one of the back range of cards. Give them a look. I'm not worth giving them a look. Do you? Do you? Do you? Um, you don't even see the main street. Uh, you're down the back range. Down the back range of of the academy every day. What what came out to me? What came out to me was you played off a handicap of five about four years ago before last year you made the cut at the amateur. Now that's that's a. Uh, that's an expedited speed of improvement. But before we get there, right, there's got more points after that. Noel Foxes and Order of Merits and Armour Palmer Cup teams and accents. Someone gave me a bit of juice there, all right, about your accents. 
I thought mine was bad. <laughs> but um, what's your first, what's your earliest memory of golf, right? My earliest memory of golf. Hold on, my computer is way bad there. Uh, sorry, Paddy. Um, my earliest memory of golf, I would say probably <laughs> probably up our back garden, taking big sod the turf out of the ground and driving my mother and father crazy. Is <laughs> probably the first uh, the first memory that I have. And how how old were we, how old were you then, give or take, when you were taking scallops out of the backyard? I would say it was probably in around seven or eight, and I was probably that age whenever I got my first set of golf clubs, and I always I'll, I'll always played golf whenever I was younger, but I like like everyone up here, everybody plays everything. So, like, everyone played football, everyone played, you know, like, and everyone was just a jack of all friends. And it wasn't until about coming towards the end of the secondary school that um, I thought if I could get good enough, I might be able to scrape some sort of scholarship for college. And it was then whenever I started looking in the minute, and I went down to the open day and met, it was the first time I met Barry Finlay. And uh, it kind of went from there. So that's kind of a real brief synopsis of my golf journey. 100%. You're from Michael Murphy country. Country of popular opinion is not a Kerry accent. It is a Donegal accent. <laughs> correct, correct. Some people get confused if I get a bit of a dairy accent, but uh, uh, a good a good Donegal accent. You might need a, you might need to include subtitles in this podcast, but there's some way, there's some way to play if this if they're not there for me, they definitely will be there for you. Don't worry. Great <laughs> job. Uh, so just to give, for a bit of insight into, because I had Barry Fenley on a couple of weeks ago, so this would be a nice transition within a couple of episodes, right? Is um, when you were looking for scholarships, what was the handicap? Or how much had the handicap improved in the previous 12 months to when you were looking for, you know, secondary school was finishing. You wanted to pursue golf and, and get better. Where was the hand? What was the handicap range over those few months? I'd say, well, whenever I first met Barry, my handicap was probably in around one or scratch. It might, it might have been scratch, but uh, it, it was definitely in around that ballpark. It did was one hundred percent not on any lower than that. I don't so for for anyone who's like sixteen, seventeen, or one, you can you can have a chat with Barry. His his actual his mobile number. It's on the show notes of his episode because it's because it's on the website. So I was like, let's just make it easier for people because I know the website's been changed. But like people think, oh, I need to be off because you see, especially after WHS came in, you see handicaps of plus four, plus six, all more common. So someone playing off scratch might think, just sure, I'm nowhere near that. And I'll never get near that. But you can, knowing that you yourself, you know, and what you've accomplished over the past couple of years, you started that conversation off scratch is great to know even for the likes of myself I might, if I get to scratch I might ask Barry can I go in as a mature student you know um, be very be very mature That's not very mature mentally but uh, physically yes <laughs> so <laughs> yeah the, 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 the one thing I would say about that is you could be off if you're off anything below 5 you can put in the hard work if you're in around in 15 or 16 if you just put in the hard work, you can achieve 
and it's like in this game, which is which is the beautiful the beautiful thing about it because it's different than a lot of um like a, uh, an example would be I played football whenever I was younger. I used to used to love being a um, goalkeeper in nets, but the physical aspect I was I was just, I just stopped growing and everyone else kept growing. So I was just physically too small to compete against the rest. Which is the beautiful thing about golf, like I said, that the size doesn't matter. It helps in certain points, but size doesn't matter in golf. Like the majority of golf is just hundred and fifty yards on as any professional will tell you. And if you can improve those, then you can, like I say, achieve anything. Yeah, ball speed over 170 and good from 150 and in. We'll, we'll, we'll do loads. Even for 43-year-old Lucas Glover, I was taking, I was looking at his ball speed. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, 172, I can get there. You know, when I party do, I can get there. Um, I'm not there yet. I'm about 162 at the moment. You know, that's, that's good to hear. Um so what do you put the transition of playing off five to getting to scratch to talking about family and now being one of the lead lights of many of it? Aside from hard work. <laughs> the, well, first, like, I never, well, we got, we got a bit of tuition through the golf club back when we were growing up, kind of back playing Fred Daly, et cetera. But uh, it wasn't until I was about 17 that I got in contact with Jayless McMonagall from up about these parts. And he... He he was the first person that I got kind of one to one coaching off myself, and he told me that I have my old swing now. I just have to use it, so there's no point in trying to work from the start and make the swing. And he just went with the the short stuff, trying to clean everything up and things, small things like that, and just 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 so the overall basics of it all. And we cleaned up all those small. Small but meaningful things around around the game, and just kind of came on from there. And the big the biggest thing I love about Seamus is that there's no that there there's no nonsense with it. Like it's straightforward, and you're not you're not put up the law by big ego or anything like that. That's for certain, sir. So uh, it it helps. Uh, how have you another year left in Minus on the Paddy Scholarship? Yeah, are you that right? Well, I'm a, I'm you do. Yeah. yeah. Before you decide to do a master's and a PhD after that, and you, you're on, you're, you're the. <laughs> what's the what's the what's the movie? What's the movie where he's in college for like fifteen years? Oh, I forget. That that's another movie. Another day. It'll be the Van Wilder. The Van the Van Wilder of Minus Golf Program. Um, uh, how, how would you? Because I had a chat with Colin Campbell, um, who was on last week, and and he, and he know he said it out of whether he listened to it or not was of all the people on the circuit, you're the most improved over the last couple of years, right? Um, what do you put that down to? Well, what do you put that down to? So your tuition in doing it all, um, hard work, and now you're in main youth the last three years. So what do you put it? Is it down to the program, the structure, the tuition? You tell me what what's the most you've went out of that program to really accelerate your development. The biggest thing I would put improvement down in the last few years because I remember playing with Collie in the the South Qualifier two years ago, and it's probably the last time I played with them, and 
I would probably put it down to just routine, overall daily routine, and like in college, getting up in the morning, heading to the gym, working in your physical, the physical aspects of the game, then getting out in the course, getting out in the practice area, and working on, working with the coaches, working with what the coaches have told you, and just taking, taking it upon yourself to realise that what you put in is what you're going to get out. And that's, that's the biggest thing, that it, it's not going to ha- happen overnight. And you have to put in, like, like you say, the hard work, etc. Like, it's, it's what everybody talks about all the time, but it's it's just what makes it. But there's, there's realising what is hard work. Like, the hard work's not going and hitting 100 balls after 100 balls. Like, the hard work's realising what you have to practice that is going to make you a better player. And that is what makes that work hard. And it's realising that going through stats, talking to your coaches, what they see, and working on those things is what makes that work hard, and then you have to work at those things to really get the benefits of it. Oh, that's, thanks for breaking that down. I'm going to ask you to break it down a little bit further, right? So let's take... <laughs> for for people listening in who are like, who go to the range and hit 400, well, maybe 120 balls, and they haven't, their, they have no fingerprints left. Right, is yeah. is you take stats, and if you don't take stats, just maybe you know go shot by shot on your previous round. Or I would have spoken before with you, Amar, on like the Scottish, the Scottish track man. Have you ever heard of the Scottish track man? There's a in on that one. The Scottish track man is basically like your A4 pad, right? And you're you have your pen in the middle on the bottom, and you just draw all your ball flights off the tee. Straight, right, left. Okay. Exactly. There's more like really left than right, you know. Okay, I'm going to run with left like I did. Danny, I need to work on that. So the Scotsman's chat thing. When you're stuck, that's I do now. It's like, that's what we need. need. So let's just, how do you approach, um, if you go to the range in the morning, but you probably are, right? What are you working on and how are you going to break down your session? How do, how, how do you know what to work on and how do you break down your session? So breaking that down is, you well, for, for me anyway, it, it's all personal, but you have, to, you have to break down your own patterns and, like like I say, everything's personal in this game. You have, everybody's different, so everyone's bad shot is going to be their own. So you have to kind of realise what your bad shot is and apply that to maybe the tournament that you're preparing for or the course that you're going to be playing on. So is it Parkland? Is it Link? Is, is it going to be one day? And like for now, we have um, our uh, first student event over in Alicante in Spain now at the start of uh, September. So I, I wouldn't mind, it, it's not going to be in a Lynx golf course. It'll be a Parkland golf course. I would, I would doubt it's going to be extremely one day. So you'll be able to hit the ball in the air and so you have the kind of basic guideline there of what to work on. So you can go to the range, work on hitting full shot into the air rather than what it was like in the hench. What for the one? <laughs> Where there were like moles. I don't, I'm <laughs> so it's going to be completely different to what you would be working on there and 
you kind of figure out then what your bad shot is and what, what's kind of creeping under your swing. Maybe it's a little bit of a blocky sort of fade or if it's a bit of a toe hook or you can you can gauge it yourself and just work on it from there. And like I say, just figure out your own personal patterns. But um, if you're just going out the everyday golfer, I would say just kind of figure out your own patterns and just try to apply it for whatever. You, if you if you have the chance to line up in the range, then whatever your bad shot is that given day, work with it and just don't don't try to fight it. Just try to just, just do whatever you got to do to get the ball around. No, hundred percent. Thank thanks for breaking that down. I mean. You might have thought I was chatting to someone. I actually, when you mentioned you look at your strokes gained, I actually watched a video this morning um, before I hit, hit for home, which is a day in the life of Michael Thorndjonson. You might have played with him in the past, or you definitely know of him. And in their team room, if you don't, if you don't, do, they have a whiteboard of the whole team, and uh, and and their strokes gained around all the areas of of the golf game. So any like life to to the day, including practice rounds. Yeah, and um, I just sent you there actually, but we'll leave this into the podcast because we're, we like to be raw, like our wedges. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I go, I did that. <laughs> I'm real subtle. I'm real subtle. Um, so if you don't have something like that in minutes, you you can leave that as a lesson. Do you have something like that in minutes? Something that shows like full visibility. Uh, Ryan Ryan has the lowest ball flight, like right, like plus two on off the tee or minus one putting if you are me. Do you have something like that that's visible, or it's, or do you just keep it in your own notebooks? We um we we could do something like that because everyone everyone is supposed to put on their own stats in the game forge, but it is their own personal responsibility and and as um <laughs> if any of the coaches are hearing this, it can be a bit of a hike to get everyone to put their stats in. And I'll I'll be the very first person to put my hand up to be responsible on that because um, I'm getting you in trouble. Uh, Your first appearance on the podcast, I'm getting you in trouble. But there you go. There's a bit of inspiration. It's about an eight-minute video of what they do of what they do in Stanford. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, no, it, it it is very important to kind of look at those things and it it's just playing back black and white then to see where you're losing shots or you're getting shots and what you have to work on. So stats are stats are incredibly important. And it's so easy to see then what's what's going on. I uh, you think you're bad in in. In, in your program for not putting them in, I've been promising to myself all year that I'm going to keep my stats <laughs> all year, and I've not kept one. I've I've plenty Scottish trackmans though, I've plenty Scottish trackman pages. Um, well, we're we're we're, we're going so, somewhere anyway. So we've plenty plenty high rights, plenty high rights. Um, <laughs> if anybody hasn't seen, you gotta you gotta you you should repost it actually. Since it's your golf swing, um, your um. Flight school that you that you parade around Lynch uh, during the South, but that most people parade around Lynch in fairness, the ball strike was impeccable. Um, in terms of that lovely punch soft draw into a hard three club left dry wind, and still, <laughs> I, I was I was gauging and it still like landed around two sixty. But where my ball lands on the dry on a, on a count. <laughs> what, what what is the carry on that shot on that shot that day? Where were you on the tenth most days? The the tenth, uh, it's it's hard to gauge it. Like there's a lot of them. You, you may you might only carry them. Like 
I'd say there's a few drives that I had bad week. They might have only carried 150 yards, <laughs> plus they just... They are too modest. They, they are too modest. <laughs> they, they, they roll forever, and it's a shot that never, or it's very rarely going to get you in trouble. And it, it's just such a such an important one to have because you can rely on it under pressure and you can you, you, you don't even have to think about it whenever you're in the zone and you just stand up whack the thing 10 feet off the ground goes out like a bullet and you just take the up along after the ground no, it's the job. It's the job. for me it's I can do that but it goes the other way so for me, the right to left <laughs> soft draw is the epitome of ball striking for me personally. Um, okay. 2023 RNA Student Order of Merit. Uh, I think you were close to it last year because you won the Portugal event. Um, and it was, that was your first time around the system last year, was it? Playing the events. Going by the wagger anyway, I couldn't see any any, any further than that. So, yeah, the, the, the first event not. The, the the carton event the carton event last um in twenty twenty two I think it was I think that was the year but um no I did that uh, finished second and got on wagger through that and it just kind of went from there and your full order order what full order merit championi this year um I think all the wins have been on that circuit forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, as an intercollegiate event as well. What did that do for you, winning the Order Mert, the RNA one, the final tournament of that is in the home of golf? Um, there's some lovely pictures of you floating around the interwebs on the circuit bridge with a nice piece with a nice piece of silver. Uh, as if you don't know. I'll let you frame one party and put up the model. I'll send it up to you. I'll send it up to you. I'll send it up to you. Winning that uh, order, Murph, what did that do for you in getting into other tournaments, or did it do anything? Well, the the, the main prize out of that is obviously the Arnold Palmer Cup. It's the main incentive into winning the order, Murph, and it is an unbel- unbelievable prize because, like, the, the experience I had in the Palmer Cup was just unbelievable, and the, the entire seven days I was there was just such so just unbelievable start to finish. Like the, the the best story I can tell people that ask me about it is the whenever I got there, uh, I was one of the first to arrive because I uh, I was the internationals and we can we we had a long journey and I got to I got to Laurel Valley and the accommodation and about maybe at ten half ten in the evening. And that's that's Pennsylvania, so that's just south of New Jersey. So it's like East Coast, right? East Coast Lake. It's, 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 it's in Pittsburgh, yeah. It's in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, now you're, yeah. Or, or, or he, Pittsburgh or so. But I, yeah. And I got over and I was kind of asking because I, I, I was hungry. And I asked the guys that were showing me to my room, <laughs> was there any chance to get an Uber Eats or something? Because I was not one of them bleeding nowhere to be honest. They said, yeah, just, just give us five minutes. And I was there, you know, just getting my things sorted. And then uh, they, I heard a knock on the door, and they landed with this like steak dinner. And it was, it was, it was, it was, it was middle of the night. And I was just like, you know what? That's going to be a pretty good week. It was just a enjoyable week. 
So, um, it, uh, it, it caps things up on a very positive note, but, um, just, it, just that story, like, you, you just looked after so well, and everything about it is just unbelievable, and I know for certainty, I have another year now in minute, and I'll be doing my utmost best to make that team down in line. Because it is, on, it was meant to happen in 2020, but across the old um, the China virus, the China virus, coronavirus took care of that. But it is back there next year. Um, I think that's because they're getting it in line with alternate years to Walker Cup, if I'm right. Because COVID put it, am I right in saying that? Yeah. So it's not normally every year. So um, hopefully we'll have plenty of representation on that team. It is down down west. And I will be doing something with Barry Fenley and hopefully someone over in the Hinch as well, pre to that event um, early next year. Accent woes. Recover accent woes first, which is, by the way, which is straight out of Lauren Waters' mouth, not mine. So I will, I will, I would say it was Lauren. Nine of Lauren. Yanks understand, I, I, my take on that is like, I'm bad enough. Yanks understanding Irish English is, let alone Dundee English is, is, is tough. Um, what, what were the hardest, what, how many times did you repeat yourself? And was there certain words in particular that, you, that just didn't, didn't translate? Well, to be honest, the the Americans were the ones that understood uh, understood me best because um they they didn't really have any problems understanding me and it was my, my own international teammates couldn't understand the word I was saying. But she was well, well, which is fair enough because uh, English might be a few other second language or whatever. But um, I remember meeting a couple of the lads and the girls and. I was talking to them, just introducing myself, and they were looking at me like had two heads. They hadn't a notion what I was saying. And I found myself uh, towards the end of the week just slowing, slowing down everything that I was saying. But um, it was funny because I remember standing with a few of the guys at uh, towards the end of the week, and um, I was talking to one of my buddies on the phone on FaceTime. And it it was a complete different language we were speaking to 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 each other. Whenever you're speaking to another Donegal person, and I remember just everyone's eyes just like this fella isn't speaking English at all. <laughs> so um, it was it was, it was very, very very comical, but um, not it was it was great crack in the team room, and it was just it was just something to kind of. Slabber about and it was um it's not it's all good fun it's all good fun no absolutely it is it since you mentioned how you were taking care of the hospitality um like it strikes me as because like I bought all the gear I bought all like the Puma gear in twenty twenty like getting ready to rep AP for when he was when he was over no it does all still fit thank God right um, it does all still fit so I barely, and I've barely worn it I've like worn it once or twice because like it, it will be coming back um, but in terms of hospital it does strike me as being like uber prestigious event in terms of how the athletes how the golfers are taken care of how the event is being run so how would you rate it I suppose now that you've, you've done two full circuits of like um Golf Ireland Championships and the amateur and collegiate events, etc., and, and got a nice bit of travel under your belt the last twenty-four months. How would you rate it in terms of how it's run professionally versus maybe the amateur or other championships you've played in? I, I'd rate it definitely right up there as the best because uh, 
the the most professional experience I had before that was the amateur championship last year in Royal Lisbon. And I remember uh, parking up my car and walking walking towards his clubhouse and you just walk past all the kind of hospitality, tent, TV areas, etc. And you're kind of walking over to the range like this is this is as good as it gets, kind of. And it was the exact same that's here over in um, Southport and Hinsdale. But uh, then the, the Palmer Cup was just absolutely incredible because uh, I, I know it, it was streamed and uh, the guys back at home, all my buddies and whatnot, they were sending me pictures of it and whatnot. And I, I was just doing a bit of a play on any curse words. That's the thing on the mic was the biggest struggle. But um, no, like everything about it, how you were looked after, how professional you were made feel, uh, it was just second to none, absolutely. And it'll be no different now whenever we get down to lunch, I would imagine. Uh, I, just, I just have to say it was incredible. 100%. Gordon Sargent. Nice. Uh, you played against him, against him twice. You played against him twice. Um, slim victories the man had. And the reason I bring him up is he's the number one golfer on the planet. Um, still is, I think, this week. Uh, US Amateur Week, I think he still is. So I think it's between him and the boy Thorne Bjornsson. Um, yeah. And I kind of saw that I went to the US Amateur, luckily enough, it was happening in the same state. I was at holidays in last year. I was able to pop over half an hour the road to see Mark Power play. Um, and there is a distinct... Well, I like, like there is a distinct level up between... I got Ireland Championship and even the amateur which, I, which I'd watched in uh, the island or Marnock to the US amateur. Having played with the number one amateur golfer in the world, was there anything you took away from him while trying to kick his ass at the same time? The, well, I was kind of, well, whenever I seen I was draw them, I didn't, I, I never normally met them uh, before that. The only man on the first tee and I was hoping I was hoping deep down that I was like not that much of a nice guy and that it would give me that little bit of extra incentive to like you say go and kick his ass but he was the nicest guy ever. <laughs> that was tough so that's tough. <laughs> just such a gem and I was like but why do you gotta make this so hard guys? But um, the, the biggest thing I took away was that he was the number one amateur in the world, and he was incredibly, incredibly talented, and just, just so good at golf. But the biggest thing I took away with that is that the margins were very fine at the same time because he was he was so good, but th- there wasn't one just main factor that made him good. Uh, it was just very fine margins, like I say, and whenever I came home, uh, I was talking to Barry afterward, and I was like, it's, 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 real, it's a real confidence boosting, to be honest, because you're looking at him, number one amateur in the world, and realising that your game and his game are completely different worlds apart, but they're not at the same time. If you kind of get what I mean, one hundred percent get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, just hard work, 
working at the kind of takeaways you took away. Like the, the the main takeaway was that he hit up miles. He hit up miles. Like I would say, I think it was number six is a power five in Laurel Valley, and I nuked this tee shot. Absolutely nuked it, and I got within about ten fifteen yards of him. And that was as close as I got. And I, I wouldn't be overly short off the tee either. Like, and he, he probably had about a slappy one. <laughs> I come here to be yeah. Gordon Sargent. I think he played the Masters, didn't he? Or he played one of the Masters this year. And they're all talking about this guy's speed. And he was long on the on like the PGA Tour event, let alone, yeah. um, let alone yeah. like playing amateur. So he's just absurdly long. I think what like what I'm getting what you're saying is in terms of the levels of detail. Like it'll be like me playing you. Do you know what I mean? Like my chip to five feet, you're putting it to two. My putt from eight feet, I'm holding five out of ten, you're holding nine out of ten of them. You know, is that is that the kind of level except even finer than that? But off the tee, he was exceptional, but uh on the green he was that is where he made the biggest uh, the the biggest difference. Like, see, see his button, and after, say, Preston Summerise played him in the singles, their putting from 10 feet in is just incredibly solid. You could just, you, you might as well just give it to them because if, if, if it's not, if it doesn't go in, it is just stayed out. Like, it is always there in the hole. And, like, they're never short. They're always, they always have the right pace on it. And, it's the biggest, the biggest thing because people think of American golf and just bombing it off the tee, but it's it's on the green that like just ten feet and they were so so solid. So Arnold Palmer Cup is definitely on your radar to qualify for next year. Is the amateur, the US amateur, on your radar to try and get over and play next year? It's on in Hazeltine, which of, of all courses is one of the most historic in the states, and I think yeah. calendar wise, it, it actually might suit to summer schedule but is it something you'd look to play next year or maybe a, a, a year in the future um, absolutely I would I'd love to get over and play it because I remember talking to everybody over in the Palmer Cup about uh, DF Amateur and kind of ways to ways to qualify etc but um, it's one of the things me and Barry Fennelly will sit down and look at now this year uh, before before the kind of college season kicks off and just discuss the, the events we can get into and how to go about it and absolutely the US Amateur would be an unbelievable unbelievable event to get over there what was I going to say next I was going to say I was going to say what do you do for fun what you can't say golf obviously <laughs> do for fun well <laughs> um, I'd be I'd, I'd imagine you for fun and it's not golf and you don't know where Brady's or the Roost is what do you do for fun <laughs> <laughs> I must uh, I must check those places out I've heard a few people talking about though like I say but um, uh, I'd be begging in the gym I'd be begging in the gym party like uh, every single morning I, I carry up on Ross Penna and every single morning I'd be in I'd be straight into the gym to get uh, to get a couple hours done and it's just Start the day off on an incredibly positive note, and it's it just there's so, so many benefits to it, so many benefits to it. But um, uh, at, at night time, I do like to, I do like to sit down and and read because uh, I study psychology in college, and that's 
sports psychology, high performance, all that sort of stuff would would really really uh, interest me, and I'd find I'd find that really 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 beneficial in the golf golf course. But um, literally just some everyday life as well. So uh, those are th- those are two things that I'd I'd, I'd enjoy doing besides golf. Have you read or like I audible so I listen? Have you read Network? I've never read Network. Who's it? Uh, who's the guy? Network is basketball coach to the greatest soul coached MJ coached Kobe coached KB coached KD coached coached the who's who. Okay. Um, and it's right. You're right. Frustrated. I mentioned a couple times before, like fucking hundred episodes ago. Um, but that's I try and listen to that like every year. Around around yeah. October, around October, because um, it takes nine nine months to make a human, so it takes nine months to, for a summer body. So I normally listen to it in around October as a bit of incentive for like the graft, and, that, you know, getting that get getting that bikini body ready, getting that extra large <laughs> down to a large, you know. Um, so yeah, network is the one. Palmer's up here, up. Definitely fit around the bicep anyway. That's a fact. Uh, that's a fact. Um, Favourite club in the bag? Favourite club in the bag. Has to be the big dog. Has to be the chief. My Christopher calls it the Whopper, so... <laughs> <laughs> so you can take that back to me. Um, you've already mentioned gym time is first in the morning, so let's say you have a, a 9 a.m. tea time in Rasapena tomorrow. Um, what does your pre-round prep... From the minute you wake, What time are you waking up and what happens between wake-up time and tea time at 9.01? Uh, well, I'll, I'll Tour, tournament, tournament. It's not casual golf with Paddy now. It's not like rock out, chill out, get up to get a breakfast roll, roll out of the car, <laughs> throw a few shapes with a flexi band and tee off. It's not all over. It's coffee and a pudding sausage roll, right? It's not one of those more. Um, it's a t- tournament day. It's a senior scratch cup, end of April next year, 9.01 tea time with a keeling or with a foley. What is your what time are you waking up and what is your what's your prep look like? Well, the the, the best example I could kind of give to that one is um the the amateur this year at had a at a black had an on course gym uh right beside uh right beside the course uh which was incredible so uh you would kind of get in there about I'd say nine o'clock you'd be having balls with it uh, you'd be in there for six. I'm there for six, so maybe half five alarm, just wake up straight away. You, you, I, I would be a big guy for setting everything up the night before, like clothes just there ready to go, and you're, you you don't have to faff about in the morning, basically. So half five alarm, get up, get a coffee, and you straight into the gym. Uh, but I will, I'd, I'd be a big guy for mobility. Mobility, it's just underrated. It's just incredibly underrated so uh you get in get a bit of mobility done and weight training and just kind of get the body ready for ready for around the golf and like as long as uh, the biggest thing people would say to me is that they'd be sore after going to the gym and if you're in a good enough routine of going to the gym then you'll not be sore afterward is, is the biggest thing about it so as long as you're in a good routine, you'll you'll not be sore. Or be sore if you shouldn't be in a way. But um, get in, get your butts done, 
and get a bit of breakfast afterwards and you'd be hitting the, hitting the range at about 8 o'clock, an hour beforehand. And I, I wouldn't be a big guy for spending an hour and a half getting prepped on. I mean, as long as you're your body ready, you could clip a few wedges, um, hit a few shots and just kind of do the majority of your work kind of chipping and putting and just getting a feel for a feel for um, the greens and whatnot. So, uh, like, you're, you're starting off with a good session, getting a good breakfast in you, and then ready to ready to do battle. Absolutely, and it's, it's something like an omelette, or something like a three egg white omelette with spinach and a bit of chorizo, maybe. <laughs> um, um, but well, I'm still at least something to the What What is one question Ryan Griffin does not get asked that you wish it is? Oh, one question I don't get asked that I wish I got asked. Uh, I, I, I agree with one because I do I, I do always have an answer for it and it's it's probably it, it it relates literally to everything so it's kinda to do with um uh the sports psychology and performance books that I read there's one um Robert Green, he's a he's an unbelievable author and uh he wrote the Forty Eight Laws of Power and I think it's law number ten. And it's, uh, be wary of the unlucky and the unhappy, if I have that right. And it's just such a, such a good, uh, quote to go on because it's so infectious, that sort of stuff. And you hear it so much in the golf course, people whining, complaining. And at the end of the day, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Ah, they're dead. You're dead, right? I'll, I'll pick you up on that because I heard it. You, I don't think you, many other people heard it. The second shot you hit in on the twentieth hole against Collie Campbell, you hit. You were a bit right on the on the drive. I'm sure you remember. And then you hit, your second yeah. shot was was hittable, but we we faffed what a six iron maybe, but we carried bunkers. We were in a good layup position, like pristine layup position, uh, right? We hit iron, but we'll we'll go we'll go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, when I'm like I be sorry, sorry, I be hitting six. Mine was hitting eight. <laughs> but like anybody anybody else would be head down. Ah, Jesus! All the curse words, all the self talk would be wrong. Do you remember what you said to your caddy? I I probably laughed. Uh, I probably laughed. He laughed on the hill and he said, I but it's in perfect layup position. <laughs> so so even then, like you weren't you weren't unhappy, you weren't, you know, you weren't weary, you know, you're still looking at yeah. all the positive yeah. touches exactly what, what you need to be doing in that situation. Um Yeah. Quick yeah. by quick quick fire Q and A. Are you ready for these? Ready, re- ready for action. What would your walk on song be? Remember the name. No, I will pick that song. But before we hit record, you won't need to pick another song. But Ryan Graven is a massive country music fan, folks. Massive. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's like Dolly Parton country or if it's like, you know, um, who's your man that sings Wagon Wheel? What's his name? <laughs> you tell Dennis me. Rucker. Uh, there we go. Why am I put a bit of Dennis Rucker under this instead? But yeah, remember the name is what we'll go with. And um, this might be a fan answered loads of times already, but Jim or Pizza? A Jim. Absolutely, Jim. If you, if you said Pizza there, like, you know, you have no shame. Um, hat, visor or, hat visor or a Keaton Rafferty bucket hat? 
Oh, bucket hat all day long. All day long. Especially if you're going to like those South American tournaments with um, with Ireland or with, or with the with the university next year. Yeah, um, um, I remember just on the bucket hat. I remember whenever we were over in Laurel Valley, and I get spent sixty dollars in a Laurel Valley bucket hat. <laughs> it is. It, it, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Good man, bucket hat life for life. Um, happy Gilmore or Tinker? Uh, happy Gilmore. Walker Cart. Walk or cart? I walk all day long. Golf hoodies, yes or no? Yeah, yeah. And the song, if you say yes to that one, the next one is golf joggers, yes or no? Oh, probably no. I w- I'd probably go with no, just because I haven't got onto them myself. I, I don't, uh, no, I'd probably go with no. That's all right. You don't have to be a Ben Ryan every day of the week. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> Instagram or Twitter? Uh, Instagram. Play or practice? Play. And the last one is kind of like a hypo- hypothetical scenario. So we're say you're after qualifying for the Arnold Palmer Cup next year, right? Uh, you're on the team, and to celebrate, you're planning dinner with whatever six people you want. So you're at the top of the table and you have three people down the left and three people down the right. Who's at Ryan Griffin's candlelit dinner? Who's at Ryan Griffin's candlelit dinner? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> in about two weeks' time, I'll be sitting out in Cavanaugh with three people to my left and three people to my right. <laughs> and that, that is the dinner that I'm looking forward to the most of them at the moment. But, um... Uh, to answer, to actually answer your question, three people to the left and three people to the right. Just off the top of my head, because I think it would be absolutely hilarious, I would have Phil Mickelson and Greg Normal one side with Tiger one and Rory McIlroy the other side. And John Daly can sit beside me. Two after me. You have one left. You have one left. Da, 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 da. A referee, I'd say. A referee. <laughs> <laughs> a referee. <laughs> or a guard. Or a guard, as you call it. One of the other. <laughs> well, no, we'll, 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 we'll let them boys go out each other. And John Daly and who else? would be a laugh. I'd take you know who would take I'll take Baz Fenley at that table as well. Because me and John Daly can sit down and have a beer and laugh about what is going on on our table and Baz will be there trying <laughs> trying to keep the peace while me and John and, and enjoy enjoy the show. <laughs> Ryan Griffin, thank you very much. Really, really insightful into the mindset, your approach, how you go about things. Uh, we're all trying to take that takeaway of what is it, avoid those or be aware of those who are weary and unhappy. Um, thanks very much for your time, and we'll, we'll, hopefully, we'll tee it up soon. Maybe practice round for LA Hinch or something like that sometime. Absolutely, absolutely, Paddy. It's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. 
that is this week's podcast. It was Mr. Griffin. I hope you learned a little bit. I definitely did. I definitely about mindset. And since that chat with Ryan, I think that was back in August, would you believe, I've been um, self-enrolling myself in flight school. So if you follow me on Instagram, at Paddy Tarskoff, you'll see my endeavours there on trying to get that ball flight low. And definitely over the next few months, it is now mid-October. That's something we can all be doing is working on getting that ball low. Keep those low hands through impact, folks. Um, we'll be back on video next week. So I hope you'll enjoy this. Quentin Carew next week, the Garda who won the golf on uh, in 4K on YouTube. I might, it might be compressed to 1080, but um, it's there if you want it. There's some good chats and some good clips as well from that episode will be going across daily on Instagram and social media and all those places. Thank you all for pressing play. It's a pleasure. Those of you that have ordered hoodies to pallytalksgolf.com, they're, they're en route. So I'll keep you updated as to when they were on the manufacturing floor when I was editing this podcast earlier this morning on Monday the 16th. And they should be hitting the courier from the States tomorrow. So we should all have holiness and born goodness um, in, a, in a couple of weeks. So thank you all for trusting me and bearing with us in getting those manufactured and over the pond. But it'll be worth it. I can't wait. I order two myself. Uh, you know, because I have children and coffee spills. Um, that's it for now. Next week, Quentin Carew, the Garda and the Golf. Follow me on my social media platforms. Get involved. I'm asking questions in Q&A. So there'll be, there'll be a new segment somewhere throughout the podcast going forward. Maybe at the beginning or at the end. Uh, probably at the beginning. So that's something to look forward to. All right. Until we teed up again soon, I'm Paddy.